Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, the next episode of the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. Today, we're going to talk about uh, what's become kind of a thorny issue, the um, issue of white privilege, whether it's a fact or, or whether it's something we're just making up, something in the culture that's just being made up. And so, Brother William, uh, since you're white, Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, you Thank should you. know everything that there needs to be known about. There's white not anything privilege. in the world that I know everything that needs to be known. <laughs> Just let's we need to get that out. So how how would you define white privilege, Brother William? Well, I would not. We're going to give some ways not to do things or things not to believe or things that can help. Not can to help. say. So I probably would not follow Louis Giglio's definition, oh, no. which was white blessing, right? Uh, white blessing. Yeah. White blessing was not encouraging, was not super helpful. Um, although in defense of Louis, I think he was trying to be helpful. Uh, obviously, I give him yeah. the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, but unfortunately, white blessing is not super helpful. No. Uh, rather, so so uh, white privilege. Uh, if I'm just going to try to give some kind of a definition, is that it's it's really the it's a a way to refer to the benefits and advantages that the majority culture, which is going to be the white culture in America, the majority culture has in society over the minority culture. Right. So there just are certain advantages, certain benefits that the majority culture is going to have uh, that the minority culture is is not going to have. Yeah. And so uh, because in our country the majority culture is white, uh, there you know that's that's where the term comes, right? It's going to be white privilege, white privileges. So I mean that's a basic definition. Obviously we could we could expand on that. But but maybe a better way to try to understand this concept is just to give some basic examples. So, Kenny, what are some basic examples of white privilege? Right. So, you know, the idea of right, white privilege uh, has the, you know, you have to underscore the this idea with that white people are in the positions of influence, the positions of power, the positions of decision making, yes. and so they are they are able to um, control and able to um, steer certain things mm-hmm. in a certain direction and whatnot. And so one one example would be when it comes to employment. Yeah. So when you think about corporations, you think about businesses. Most of those are are owned or at least um, operated by um, white people. And so you have you even have the idea in, in, in businesses of the glass ceiling. Like you, you can get in, but you can't get uh, too hot. But mm. let's just say you're trying to get into the door. And uh, a lot of corporations, a lot of companies have the uh, procedure where you send in resumes to, to get hired and whatnot for, for the positions. And so a study was done, uh, like some research was done a few years ago uh, that was published that if you if you send in resumes, let's say uh, a white person sends in a resume or a black person sends in a resume, an Asian person sends in a resume, and they have the exact same qualifications. Like they actually send in right, no identical difference. resumes, no difference whatsoever. Education's the same, experience is the same. Right. Everything's the Everything. same. Everything. Like yeah. identical and they sent them to companies 
but the names, right? Mm. You know, you can try to figure out someone's race, their ethnicities by their names. Mm. And so if someone had a name like Greg or Sarah or uh, we know what, you know, (laughs) we know what those (laughs) generally belong to. If they had a name such as that, uh, then they were shown favor. Yes. Even though we had the exact same qualifications and if you had a name like Lakeisha or something like that mm-hmm. or Jaquan, something like that. Yep. Then you weren't shown favor. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't even like a majority of the time. It was like a super majority of the time. If you right. had an Asian name, you, yeah, you yeah. were more likely to not be picked than uh, than the white name. And so you you see there to where you have identical qualifications and because of perceived names right. that um, white people were given privilege over um, other minorities and, and other cultures. Mm. I would say another example would be uh, white privilege just kind of just over generations. And we talked about in our in our last episode how things like redlining affect so many other aspects of society. And so when you, when you think about um, a, a white kid being born into a, a white family that has generational wealth because they're allowed to um, buy a home right. in, in a- Home ownership. Mm-hmm. Right, in, in a neighborhood that is not, um, that is not poor or are right. not infected by crime because of the poverty mm. that that person is able to go to a better school because the property taxes are tied to to the home values and whatnot mm-hmm. they're able to go to better schools or better schools are able to to provide better programs better able to provide uh, college prep courses right. and and uh, just a variety of things that will put that child on a better track than the black kid who's who's uh, born in the neighborhood that was affected negatively by by redlining and because their schools are poor because the property values are tied to the school mm-hmm. the school is being funded and that school is not funded as well and so they can't provide as many programs and courses that uh, the white student was able to receive and so that that white kid has a has an advantage a benefit right. in society over that that black kid and so going forward, when it comes to getting jobs or getting into college and things of that nature, he's going to have yeah. uh, an advantage in those situations. Would you add any other examples to that? Yeah, I mean, I think, and you, you, you kind of alluded to this, but, but I mean, even just the idea of you know, basic inheritance. Yes. I, I mean, obviously, if, you have, if somebody's really, really wealthy, right, then you have all kinds of means of inheritance. But a, one of the primary means of inheritance is property. Right. And if you basically deny a group from property ownership, or at least you, uh, you you do it in such a way that their properties are going to be less valuable, then they're and then you know you think about home ownership, they're going to be homes in a in a difficult neighborhood, or well, the amount of inheritance that they're going to be able to pass on to the next generation is is not going to be very much, and it's not really going to be improving. Whereas if you flip that scenario to where you're in a situation where you have a nice home, it's in a nice neighborhood, the neighborhood's improving, the neighborhood's growing, then the amount of inheritance you're going to be able to pass on to the next generation is going to be vastly greater. So, right. I, I mean, even even all of that kind of going back to the, red, the, the difficulty with redlining and, and why that was um, 
so problematic for minority uh, minority cultures. Uh, I think I think all of those are good examples. Again, it's it's this idea that I mean, you could have two students going kind of building on your education argument. You could have two students who are just as smart, right? Right. Just as you know, both of them can do well. Um, uh, both of them are, are good, smart, have night good minds, could go to college, and yet because of the different school systems, one student is going to have more opportunities. I mean, maybe they're going to get um, you know, more opportunities for extra classes, maybe uh, even opportunities in, while they're in high school for college credit. Yes. Uh, or um, ACT prep courses, you know, so that right. they can do better on tests and better on scores. And, and all of that can um, will have a huge major impact and, and, and can definitely be seen as something that white people have that privilege they yeah. they have access to those courses they have access to those um to those advantages so so yeah, i think i think all of those are uh good good examples any any other type of an example that you can can think of yeah i i, I think about a, a lot of times when it comes to getting a job or getting an internship or, or something of that nature it's not about what you know it's about who you know right like who you are connected to and, and and if you have a situation to where you you have white people in these situations who have relationships more more than likely with other white people, and you don't have as many minorities in those uh, different positions and different areas of influence to where they can give those opportunities, um, you can even have a situation where the minority may be more qualified even um, to to fill that position, but because is they don't know. Right. They don't have that connectedness there. They don't have that relationship with that person in power. Uh, you, you start to see where uh, white people are given an advantage in those situations. I think about like even um, how the NFL and and different like the even the college football. Oh, we go on sports. Where don't yeah. be talking about Michigan. Don't man, be, I'm sorry, man. Michigan ain't even playing this not year. Not even playing. They ain't even until have, the winter they, time. They Come on, man. They scared. They scared. Yeah. So you look at where you have um, general managers who are white, or you have mm. owners who are predominantly white, but you have like the athletes are actually predominantly African American, yes. right? But you have them so underrepresented when it comes to the mm. coaching positions. Yep. To where, um, and it's because who's connected? And there's mm-hmm. a limited number of jobs. Right. So NFL is a limited, very limited number of jobs. And so it's about who's connected. Like you see a lot of times that these coaches are, are sons of coaches, mm-hmm. right? Yep. <laughs> or, you know, they had a connection or they played with, you know, the father of the, you know, mm-hmm. or, or something of that nature. And so when you have those relationships, it's not it doesn't even become about um, are are they even equal candidates? It's just who do you know? Who do you know? And so you see where the NFL has tried to establish rules like the Rooney rule to make sure that minorities are at least given the opportunity to even interview um, in these cases. But I mean, that's just another example about how. You know, you you just have white people, white men getting privileges um, over non-whites. Yeah, um, just based on who they know. All right. So here's the question that I think, as a white man, as a white male, um, I I think probably many of our white listeners are kind of wrestling with, okay, how do I, 
what do I do about the, I mean, do I, am I just supposed to feel guilty over it? Am I supposed to? Mm-hmm. And so what I want to ask you, Kenny, as a black man, like what, what do you want our white listeners, if they said to you, what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to respond to white privilege? How, what am I, how am I supposed to feel about white privilege? How would you answer that? I would say first and foremost, and 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 what I, what I see a lot is that um, the world is trying to make white people feel guilty. Yes, I feel some sense of shame um, because of the privilege that they have, and I would say that is the wrong approach because okay. it it kind of goes back to like there's there's no white people living who have owned slaves, so I don't want them to. To necessarily feel guilty about slavery, but what I want them to do, and the same thing with privilege, is to acknowledge it, right? Right. To understand to it. To be able to um, empathize with the con- the negative consequences that it has had upon minority communities. So I would say they don't need to feel guilty about it, but they need to acknowledge that yes, I- I've had um, things easier not not necessarily every individual right yeah, that's right like there's some there's going to be some white people who had it rough and yeah, probably had it I, rougher than i did as a absolutely, black man absolutely but but generally speaking uh white people have had it easier and had benefits in society and i probably need to say that again is that definitely we're talking on a very general yeah basic level not on individual because i know some white people who have gone through some horrible things in their lives and and i feel for them Right, but um, what I'm saying is on a on a on a large scale that white people generally had had it easier than black people, and I would say uh, along the lines of um, acknowledging the reality of it, but also um, acknowledging that you have the power to do something about it. All right, right, being responsible. Yes, with that privilege, um, making sure that hey, I, I'm not. Um, I'm not taken away from the mm-hmm. minorities mm-hmm. In, in the way that I go about doing things, making sure that I'm actually um, standing up for mm-hmm. uh, as far as when it comes to justice issues. I, I realized, um, and, and even going back to Dr. King, I, he realized that in order for any progress to be made in regards to civil rights and, and the injustices along racial lines that the majority culture had to be a part of that battle. That's right. Like, and, and, and we see that even today is that you're, you're not going to see movement in regards to justice issues. You're not going to see movement in regards to inequalities unless the majority culture, those who have privilege are actually joining in with those who are being oppressed or, or who are being uh, discriminated against. Yeah. So I think I think it's a responsibility not to feel guilty, but a responsibility to to be responsible with the privilege mm. um, that you do have. You know, one of the things that we talked about this in the last episode, I, I think is so important is uh, the majority culture has the authority and the responsibility to make sure there is a place for the minority at the table. Yes. Even if it means at times giving up their place. Right. And and I, and I think that, I mean, that leads me to, you know, something that I think is, is very, very critical in this whole discussion. Um, th- there, there's going to have to be sacrifices made. Yes. Uh, and those sacrifices are going to need to be made from the majority culture. 
which would be white people. Right. Um, and so th- there are times when you're, you're going to have to make those sacrifices, recognizing, hey, I am doing this, I want to do this, so that the generations to come will... Um, of, of minority uh, individuals will not have to face some of the disadvantages uh, that they've had to face um, for the last um, well, uh, existence of our country, right? And right. so, I mean, we're going we're gonna to try to make some, uh, make some changes, do some things, make some sacrifices. Um, and, but, uh, but again, I, I think it's so important, too, that, um, and, and you, you, know, you have to watch, watch out the whole, like, oh, we're going to let the token black guy have a place at the table. Right, like, right. No, 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 no. Like, we, we legitimately want, right, this to be changed. We legitimately want this to be uh, impacted. We legitimately want equality. Yes. And because things have been so unequally divided for years and years and years, that's going to mean that there are going to be times when the majority culture has to... Um, Sacrifice, yeah, and has to make that has to make that sacrifice. I'm talking very theoretically up here, right? right. Kind of floating around in this in the. <laughs> so I mean, it's hard to give practical examples of what of even what I mean by that, but I but um but I do think it means you, you know sitting at the table. I mean, one of the things this is a really simple one, and I don't I don't know if this is maybe even a good example, but um e- even in our in our community, yeah, uh, there are certain um, boards that have actually reached out to both of us, yes. to be on the board, and 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 I said I think it would actually be better if you had Kenny on the board. I think that's a good example because, like, yeah, I mean, I can be on the board and I can be another white guy on the board. There's a whole bunch of white guys already on the board, right? Or you can actually have some diversity and and get Kenny to be on the board, right? Yeah. Now that. You know that I don't want to act like that was a huge. <laughs> it may have just been that I really didn't want to be on the board. I don't but want to the, be out of, out of the house anymore. There is that, you know. But right. but I do think I mean that's that's the kind of thing where you just have to recognize. Okay, um, I want to fight for this, and in order to fight for this, I'm going to have to make some sacrifices. Which kind of Amen. leads us to uh, what are some biblical responses, right? How do we how do we try to respond to White privilege. Okay, Let, let's let's do this. Can I preach for a minute? Just a minute, brother. Uh, just, just a minute for a minute here. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get too preachy, but I am going to go to the Word of God and um, just talk a little bit from Ephesians two, uh, which is uh, one of my favorite, all time favorite scriptures. Ephesians the text two. I, text I heard you preach, right? Yeah, was, the text uh, Brother William heard me preach at Fields right. of Faith. It was the foundation when we right? actually met. So. Um, yeah, when we get into Ephesians 2 and verse 11, it, it starts to talk about, um, it says, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, and going to verse 12, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So he's saying that the Gentiles were far off they were separated from god separated from christ um but israel that they were near like he he goes on to talk about how israel was close to so when we think about that the jews they had an advantage they had a privilege it wasn't an an unfair privilege it wasn't an unjust privilege it wasn't something that they took for themselves Hmm. it was something that was given to them 
by God. So they had an advantage. It wasn't something that they were were to be ashamed of. Right. But it was something to which um, they just had an advantage as far as getting to know God, um, getting to know Christ. They had the law. The Gentiles didn't have those things. But what Jesus does is because he doesn't want anyone to have a privilege when it comes to access to him. Hmm. It, it tells us um, in verse starting in verse 14, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. In verse 15, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace. So what so what Jesus did is he took the thing, the law, that gave the Jews the advantage, and he abolished it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he fulfills the law and says, now everybody has access to God through me. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, you both have access to God through me. Your identity has changed. You are now followers of me. You're not followers of the law. You're not circumcised or uncircumcised. So there's no more privilege. Right. Like there's no privilege for the Jew anymore because Jesus took away the thing that gave them the privilege and says everybody comes through me the same way. And so but what we see in the Bible is is that the Jews tried to hold on to right. that thing. It was a continued right? struggle. Right. A continuous struggle. And so you see in Romans eleven where it talks about how because the Jews failed to 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 grasp hold to that advantage that they had and they wouldn't let go of it, that that God gave them over to a spirit of stupor, mm. right? And mm-hmm. then he grafted in the Gentiles. And, and, and from that, what I would say is our response to, to white, white privilege is don't try to hold on to that thing when, when, when we're trying, when God is trying to or when God is calling us to try to even that playing field. I would say white people don't need to try to hold on to that privilege right. because that would be sinful. Yeah. If God is trying to level the playing field and you're fighting against it, trying to keep that privilege and try to keep that those advantages when you're 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 fighting against God in that situation. Don't mm. don't try to hold on to it. But I would say to to uh, minorities and to black people uh, from Romans 11 as well is that when, when you realize that God is 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 elevating you to that equal plane is has grafted you in with as it talks about in Romans 11, grafted them in with the Jews. Don't get cocky. Yeah. Right. right. He, he tells There's, the Gentiles, yeah, do right. not get cocky. Mm-hmm. You have been grafted in just like the Jews were broken off. You can be broken off, too. Mm-hmm. And so don't get to the point where where you're fighting for equality, but you're no longer fighting for equality. But you're trying to get privilege yourselves. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. You're trying to push them down and oppress white people. Instead of being equal, you want to be elevated. Mm. And so the, I would say those are two big biblical responses that I think we need to to fight for as as white people. And we need to fight for as the minority culture, That's um, good. That's black good. people. That's good. Yeah, I think I would add, uh, I mean, again, going back to kind of the sacrifice idea, uh, particularly speaking to uh, the majority culture, you know, um, Paul tells us, and this is in Philippians 2, and I think this is so, you know, helpful, but he says, you know, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, 
but also to the interests of others. That is so counter um, our, our, our flesh, right? right. Uh, we we want to look to our own interests. We want to, I mean, I think as white people, we want to hold on to that privilege. We want to yes. hold on to whatever it is that you're right. Those are gains. We don't want to lose those. And, right. And 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 Paul is saying here, don't don't no actually be looking for the looking to the interests of others. Yeah. And so we, as a majority culture, at least in one sense, should be looking for the interests of the minority cult. We want to make sure that what they have is is good, is equal, is right, right. is just. I mean, all those things are, are a part of that. And if you ask the question, well, what is the example that Paul gives us? Well, he preaches the gospel, right? <laughs> yes. He, he preaches, and he goes on and he says this, verse 5, "...have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus." Who, though he was in the form mm-hmm. of God, did not e- did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. It's an interesting phrase there. It's almost a, a thing uh, to be exploited, right? Which I think is what's happening at times, and so yes. we have to be careful with that. Um, and he goes on here, right? Uh, but rather, Jesus emptied himself, verse seven, by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Praise God. So, I mean, we have this beautiful example of our Savior coming and sacrificing himself Right, be taking on the form of a servant, mm. becoming like us, right? Yes. identifying with us, so that so that he could pay for our sins and and, and save us from mm. our sins, so that we could then. Paul Paul is saying this whole charge to count others as more significant than yourself is based upon what the gospel, Jesus, yes, what Jesus, Jesus did, and done. so this is not a well, you just got to preach the gospel or no, 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 no. The gospel of Jesus is our example. His his sacrifice is an example for us and how we are to treat one another. Yes. And unfortunately, again, we we've talked about this over and over again. If the church, if we're going to re- recapture this idea in the church, we're going to have to look to the interest of others more than we look to the interest of ourselves. Amen. We're going to have to ask the Lord Jesus to to do that in us, right? Make us a people who can look to the interest of others, who can humble ourselves, make those sacrifices um, so that we can love and serve our brothers and sisters in Christ. Man, that's so good. Good stuff. I, I remember, it's, I, 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 no, I'm just thinking about how... Um, <laughs> We haven't tag team preached in a while. We man. we got to do that, right. brother. We got to do that again. That's it right. just felt like we were tag team preaching there right go. there, man. There I, I'm That's feeling good. that. That's good. Yeah, we got to get back get back on that. All right. Well, let's uh, uh, let's wrap this one up. Um, any any uh, resources that you want to give to us um, concerning white privilege? So wh- I'm gonna do. We're gonna do something different today. We're <laughs> going to give you a resource to not read. A not this a is not a, read, the anti-resource. And then we're going to yes. give you a repeat of a resource with some specific chapters. How about go. that? There you go. I like so it. So the resource to, to not read when it comes to the issue of white privilege would be white fragility. Yeah. And it's a New York Times bestseller. Everybody Everybody's is soaking it, it up. Yeah. And I would say from a biblical perspective, that is not the book 
um, that we should be trying to read because it puts the onus only on one group when it comes mm-hmm. to that. And I would say that we have uh, minority culture has some pitfalls that it needs to avoid mm-hmm. um, when it comes to these issues of equality and, and white privilege. But the book that we've already recommended in a previous episode, and we think that is a good counter to white fragility, is Beyond Racial Gridlock by George Yancey. And I would point you specifically to chapters seven and eight that deals with the sin natures of the majority majority culture as well as the minority culture. And mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we we highlight both of those things, that we, we all got work to do when it comes to this. All right. Well, good stuff. Uh, so crazy question. Crazy question of the day. We may what have to go crazy question. We may of have to go day. off the top of our head <laughs> right. for the crazy question. We got all excited about talking about this particular issue and we didn't we didn't have uh, a crazy question. I got a, I got a crazy question. You got, you got you're gonna pull one out. You're yeah. just gonna pull one out. All what, right, here we go. What was your like weirdest hairstyle? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, Kenny, I, I want I wanna see some pictures too. Man, I don't, I don't wanna, I, actually I, don't I wanna, wanna admit, talk to your mom about this because she might not, not tell the truth. I <laughs> wanna admit this stuff. All right, so I uh I'll I'll mention a couple. So one, when I was in sixth grade I had the uh, the comb back spike, <laughs> right? You know the spike hair, but no, no, no. It gets worse. It gets worse, brother. I also had the the rat tail in the back oh, man. that I could pull around and actually it would actually go in my oh, mouth. It was long man. enough that I could pull around oh, and it would go. I oh, need. oh, oh! And I had the uh, <laughs> I had the steps like I had the the guy that cut my hair. He had yeah. like some steps in the side. Oh, I got to see this, man. That was terrible. Terrible. And I got to talk The, the to other you. one I would mention is uh, when I was I was in a play in my senior year in high school, and I had to shave my head bald. Oh, oh, oh. And then because oh, it was man. supposed to be a surprise in the play, I wore a wig to school the next day. Oh, man. For like a for a while while the play was going on so that people... It was crazy. I am not kind a good look. You know how some stuff. people look okay bald? Man. I do not look good bald, brother. So I'm just thankful that the Lord, at least to this point, has not made my hair fall out. Um, and I'm just going to roll with that. So what about you? Craziest I'm, I'm embarrassed haircut. for you. I got some crazy stories, man. I'm, All right, let's I'm, hear I'm trying let's to cut this, cut this short. Man, okay. I had an afro, man. I'm yeah, talking about I had that's what I'm talking afro, about. really big afro when I was a kid. I mean, like kindergarten. <laughs> but my mom used to braid my hair. I mean, this is right. before braids were cool. Like, you know, Uh-oh. NBA players got braids now. My mom used to braid my hair, man. And she braided mm. my hair one day before uh, Head Start. I was in Head Start before kindergarten. And um, the teachers thought I was a girl. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to go to the bathroom. They done put you in the girl. You part of the girl. girl. The girl knew I wasn't a, a, a girl. She knew I was a boy. And she screamed. Uh, she screamed out. <laughs> oh, but man, I had man. some great. I bet I had a Jerry curl, man. I we I didn't have the rat tail, but we had ducktails. Like we had a little, oh, little yeah, ducktail yeah. in the mm, back, man. Yep, yep, yep. Had all the lines and designs and yep. the haircuts sure, in your head. Sure, man. yeah. Had all that stuff. But I went bald early because I didn't. I couldn't deal with it anymore. <laughs> I shaved my head when I was like sixteen. Are you serious? And I kept it since then. You've been so. you've been almost bald. Been since Been almost 16? bald since sixteen. I got wow. tired of all the crazy hair hair I, hear you, I just cut it all off. I hear you, man. Yeah. Well, we hope that is super spiritually encouraging to you <laughs> as we talk about our craziest haircuts. But uh, no, we hope it's been an encouragement. Uh, thanks so much for uh, listening to uh, this episode, and we will catch you guys next week. See ya. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.